you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL Podcast. My God. (laughs) Welcome to another edition of Around the NFL. I am Dan Hansis. I'm joined by a virtual room filled with some heroes. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. And I don't want to step all over this, boys, because we're about to hit it when we get to news. Obviously, Kyler Murray got a big payday. How do we protect ourselves in the future? We're always striving to get better as a podcast, right? We spent so much time on Kyler Murray, Flotsam, and Jetsam. And in the end, it played out exactly as you would have expected if you were taken out of the bubble of the NFL world uh, since, you know, that playoff game in January. How do we avoid getting sucked into the BS (laughs) next time when all the other podcasts and networks are going mad where we just nail it and say, we're not talking about this because this guy will do this uh, right before training camp. How do we protect ourselves? You know, my one note, that I wrote down here and highlighted, you know, I like to do that, was just, we went through so much to get here. Um, I will say this, though, like, compared to the Aaron Rodgers drama from the previous offseason, I found the Kyler Murray um, drama a little, a little more delightful at terms because it seems so botched. Like, the initial, I mean, in the end, though, Kyler Murray got what he wanted. I mean, he put out he put out the agent the agent's note, which was this Russian novel that seemed to only land like a like with a big thud and have no, and the anti effect. And you were questioning if he was going to even be with the team come the summer. Now it's like absolutely worked for Kyler Murray. So this this was um, mm. th- I I do think though the only other option Dan would be if we just went um, froze ourselves in carbonite <laughs> for like two months because it's impossible not to talk about. Right. I, I've like gone through a, a whole process even since you asked the question like trying to come up with what you can do and I I've landed on just acceptance. <laughs> That like if yeah. we here we're here we work for the NFL, we're taking that paycheck all year long, not just during the season, not just uh, really from now through February is when it's truly interesting, other than free agency and the draft. And if we're just gonna be showing up and and collecting that paycheck <laughs> and working, we just gotta uh, we just have to accept that it's gonna it's gonna suck. When, or when not we, suck, but just be a little meaningless, a little bit yeah, of hot air. I think you're right. I think we're just in the grind. We're <laughs> I believe this podcast is in its prime years and there will be a time when we're in our fifties, maybe early sixties, if we're still doing this, God willing that, you know, we'll just disappear for the entire spring and summer. (laughs) And, you know, the quality of the show will not be nearly as good. And we'll just, because of that, miss all of this. And then, yeah, in that sense, we will, then we'll come back like the week of training camp, be like, Oh, Kyler Murray signed that deal. Just like we thought. 
you know where I think we're doing a better job of it already. We just don't notice because it's gradual. We first of all, we bring up that issue when we talk about Kyler that it's probably going to just end up this way. We know we're just spinning our wheels. And I do think we've done a better job in the off seasons, not paying as day to day attention and putting as much emphasis on the OTAs and the mini camps. So subtly okay. our listeners are actually that. getting a better product because of our experience and expertise i think we were fairly suspicious at at each ebb and flow of this too about what was going on that it was just going to end with money being paid to him money solves 99.8 percent of all of these issues and that's what i just i just feel like just get the contract into their hands sooner that's a good point you made mark yeah that's a great thank you mark that's a good point mark oh (laughs) zach Kiefer, uh quietly you you missed that one dan yeah uh just was like mark's biggest fan mark that had to be intentional that That, mark that has to feel good it wasn't to have someone like a Kiefer just be so locked locked in on your takes it just got to feel good I mean, I have, you know, Tony Grossi, another beat reporter, did the same thing. I'm really, my, my stock is rising with Wait, some of these. Can we hear those again? Because that's the thing is they weren't, it wasn't a bit. It wasn't on purpose. He uh-huh. was just so struck every time with the light emanating from your, your mouth. That's a good point you made, Mark. Yeah, that's a great point, Mark. That's a good point, Mark. <laughs> it like does a feel authentic. minute segment or something. It, was, it wasn't even that long. Crazy. I think, Mark, I think this is, it's a sign. It's time for you to go solo. I think it's time for you to fly because when you're, when you're nailing that many takes at that level, you're, you're carrying dead weight. You mean just like a four hour radio show of my own? Like a drive time type scenario? <laughs> right. Like you follow Petros and Money on KLOS or. Like listenership just dives off the. <laughs> they're not klos that's a shame on me what where are petros and money where could they be heard am 570 in los AM angeles 570 oh, i am not a true west coast all right let's do some news back to throw murray in trouble spins out of there to his left being chased by two vikings and launches it deep wide open near side at the 40s rondell moore caught at the 30 at the 20 at the 15 10 5 touchdown kyler murray you are ridiculous murray magic 77-yard touchdown pass. 99.9% of the quarterbacks on the planet get sacked. But not only does Cairo Murray not get sacked, he throws a touchdown. Ah, Dave Pash, KTAR. Yes, we're inside 50 days until the season begins. And one of my favorite things is the Sunday night calls on the flagship program. That was an that was obviously a memorable one involved, involving Kyler Murray, who, when he is at his best, is electrifying. And, uh, you know, not enough to keep him in the superstar club. But maybe, mm. maybe now with a new deal in hand with the Arizona Cardinals, his career resumes its upward trajectory. The cards and Murray agreed to terms on a five-year extension with Murray. Rap Sheet and Tom Pelissero reported Thursday the five-year extension is worth $230.5 million with $160 million in guarantees. He's now set to earn $30 million in the first year of the deal, $69 million over two years, nice, and $106 million over three years, according to Pelissero. And that extension makes Kyler Murray the second highest-paid player in the NFL with an average per year value of $46.1 million. Puts him ahead of Aaron Rodgers, uh, behind Aaron Rodgers, but ahead of Deshaun Watson, who signed that huge deal with the Browns. It's also official. Greggy, um, your thoughts on this move. Are you com- completely confident that the Cardinals are in bed with a quarterback that could take them to the highest level? Yes, I think what Kyler's shown out of his first three years is incredibly impressive. And I think he's subtly improved every season as a passer. And he was a very good passer to begin with. We're we're talking about this 2021, you know, rookie class and like what they can do to improve. Like, think about how Kyler Murray stepped into the league as an above average starter from day one that is not easy to do he's figuring out how much he can use his legs definitely didn't run as much a year ago um i I think he's figuring out how to use the middle of the field did that better a year ago he has this trend and the cardinals do as a whole of falling apart late in the year that's a concern but this contract to me mark like it's through 2028 it just makes me feel like kyler murray's gonna be there 
I think there's a question whether Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Keim are going to be there. They got one of the weirdest contract extensions this offseason because it was for five years on top of the one they already had coming. So they're through the next six seasons too, and Kyler's through seven. In theory, that's stability. But if the Cardinals struggle, and I don't love this roster, I think Kyler Murray has some things working against him this year. Um, I, I do think there could be a change in that it, this contract helps to say to me, Kyler Murray is is the franchise and like Cliff and, and Steve Kime, they got to prove that that they can stick around with them. I mean, the one thing is that, you know, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury are, are tied at the hip because he fits so well in the scheme, too. I The Cardinals, to me, are a strange team. One of the stranger teams out there right now. I find them to be a little bit immature because of the way, I guess that's the word I'd use, because of the way they've crumbled down the stretch two years in a row. When Kyler Murray is not healthy, it completely impacts his game. We've seen that two seasons in a row too. But when they were 10-2 and at one point last season, they looked utterly unstoppable, totally powerful, and completely dynamic. And that's sort of what Kyler Murray is to me. I think his ceiling is elite elite playmaker but his floor is no showing in the playoff game against the Rams Mm. I don't like I just I think that I I wonder about Kyler Murray the leader Kyler Murray the uh how much is football like the center of his world we'll see I think this this also takes a lot of the you know the feelings he was having that were negative at the end of last season and solves all that so you're right they're totally tied into him he has the chance to be back in that superstar club Dan I think if he if the team, but that a lot of that has to do with what the Cardinals doing. I don't know if I trust the team building or the coach long term. And an underrated part of this, and I agree with all that. The underrated part of this for him as well, I think, is durability. And he is not a big guy. We've talked about on this, this on the show, and some of these fades down the stretch have been directly tied to him not being one hundred percent. So he's kind of got to prove that he can take the beating. Uh, that comes with being a quarterback, that comes with going through a 17-game schedule, and then being at your best, needing, like, listen, that Rams team, where the Rams were in January, and I was at that playoff game with noted Cardinals fan Jason Zumalt way up in the rafters at SoFi, and it was a bloodbath, and Kyler, I'm not putting a loss on Kyler, but there's a part of me that came out of that game being like, man, the truly special quarterbacks, they they kind of will their team to stay in the mix and it doesn't turn into an embarrassment like that game was. But again, it's one game. It was a bad day. And I think it's so hard to identify and find a franchise quarterback. I agree with this move. I agree with the contract extension, but I just, I just, there's a little bit of trepidation to me still. And I think there are Cardinals fans that will agree with me on on this. All right. We feel like we do have to pay him. This is a good day for the organization, but let's just hope this plays out. It's not like when you give, let's say, Justin Herbert uh, an extension next year or Joe mm. Burrow, and it's like, yes, we got this guy. This is seven more years of elite quarterback play and a leader and a guy could take us to the doorstep or to the Super Bowl. I don't know that yet about Murray, but I feel like they had to make the move. So, I'm Yeah, I, I don't know that yet either, whether he's going to be that consistent at that level. But the upside you were talking about, Mark, like the first nine weeks of last season, there, there it is. I, I went through my QB indexes for a different purpose uh, a couple of weeks ago, just looking at where certain quarterbacks were at the rankings. And I, I noticed like it was week 10 and Kyler Murray was number two. It, or it was week eight and Kyler Murray was number one. That was the type of season he was having uh, until the injury happened, until the it seems like defenses tend to catch up a little bit on what Cliff's doing. Uh, I just think he's just like so talented. He's just such a talented thrower of the ball, which is such a basic thing, but like that's not going anywhere. As long as he stays healthy, he's always going to be like top shelf, top five arms, I would say in the NFL. And there's some like heady competition and that's just going to always keep him getting paid. Right. I mean, like PFF's pure pass rating from a year ago, Kyler Murray, despite the fade down the stretch of the entire team trailed only Joe Burrow and Tom Brady. In other quarterback news, the wheels of the Jimmy Garoppolo transaction that takes him away from the 49ers <laughs> continue to turn slowly. Earlier this week, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reported that Garoppolo is expected to be cleared medically by mid-August, which is pretty late in the game, uh, considering the season starts the second week of September. And then ESPN's Adam Schefter reported a day later that the 49ers have given Garoppolo permission to seek a trade. I didn't know that that wasn't already 
the case, but there you go. It was already the case. Yeah. So, that was a story in March. Literally, yeah. there was a story from the same reporter. So maybe they called like, again and like, permission. just a reminder, you really have permission <laughs> to seek a trade. And then Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com added some more layering to this story by reporting that the Browns are still not expected to pursue a trade for Jimmy G. They're cool with Jake Brisket and then another type of backup, backup, Josh Rosen, formerly of the Arizona Cardinals, a Steve Kime failed pick. By the way, Steve Kime and other GMs will be discussed later in this episode with the great Patrick Doherty, who did his GM rankings for NBC Sports Edge. Um, We'll see where the Browns go with quarterback, but most likely it is not going to involve Garoppolo. I just think that it is an awful offseason for a mid-level quarterback like Jimmy G to be seeking a trade to another team. I mean, it's it it the Seahawks we've talked about. We've talked about this 12 times. I guess the Texans may be sort of a dark horse because there are past obvious Patriots connections in there and, and that's been whispered about. But I, where is he going to go? And, and who's going to mm. want to pay that salary off a trade? And I think they also know that teams know they have the Niners over a barrel right now. I mean, I, I, I've always thought that the best thing that could happen to San Francisco is training camp kicking off soon. Something disastrous happens to a starting quarterback oh. elsewhere in the NFL landscape. And Jimmy G is your only other option. Yeah, I think that report that Ian put out that was like mid-August, it was positioned as like a a positive thing that he's been throwing for a few weeks and like everything, you know, he's going to be stronger than ever. But I think that mid to late August timeline, it gets out there and teams are like, ah, you know, (laughs) no one, no one wants him until that point. That's for sure. And it was almost like a response, this, this report from ESPN that like they've officially given permission to the trade, even though we announced that they officially gave permission to a trade five months ago it was almost a response to me to to ian's report saying like hey you can have them now and get them in your building but it's not going to happen and you're right mark it's going to take some sort of injuries i do think the texans would make a lot of sense because i just think why wouldn't they if nothing else happens give him a baker type of contract where they're only paying him eight million dollars and they'll give up a fifth round pick and they just have another quarterback in their building i think that makes sense In other news, Rap Sheet also reports that there's, quote, some optimism that Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas will be cleared early in training camp. Thomas, of course, recovering from that ankle injury he suffered week one, 2020. It ruined that season, and then he missed all of 2021. Um, He missed most of 2020, all of 2021 because of lingering issues connected to that ankle. So it's such a big piece for the Saints, you know, they're playing, Greg, in a soft division. They have a lot of good pieces on both sides of the ball. Uh, but there are these two big questions, a quarterback with Jameis and how he recovers from a reconstructed knee. And then Michael Thomas, is he going to be back? Is he going to put the ankle in the rear of your mirror? And what kind of player will he be after essentially missing two seasons? I, I find him as important a veteran as any in the NFL to watch over the next six or seven weeks. We, we can get a little carried away of what happens in training camp because, uh, you know, we're, we're back in the machine and we're covering it every day and like making too big a deal out of things. But Thomas is someone that you want to really see and hear progress from over the last six or seven weeks. It is very concerning to me that he's not ready for the start of camp. Like we were hoping all throughout last year, like, oh, is he going to get back? Is he going to get back? And here are we are another six months later and he's not totally ready that that's a concern i mean i feel like we haven't seen him since about 1988 uh but you know they've got jarvis landry got chris Olave. i i think if Jameis winston's healthy that's all great but it would took sean payton to mask over the absence of michael thomas i don't know that i have the confidence that dennis allen and company can do the same type of magic do you want more number one wide out murkiness please the nfc how about debo samuel he requested a trade a couple of months back. As far as we know, he never rescinded that trade request. And according to Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, there is nothing imminent as it pertains to Samuel and the Niners agreeing to an extension. And this is important. It's unknown whether he will report to training camp on Tuesday when veterans are scheduled to report. Uh, this came from a Pelissero report from yesterday. So they have been in communication. They have had talks about a long-term deal. Uh, but it's unclear how close the parties are. This market remains a situation where it's unclear where they stand. Yeah, and I mean, that's, this is so tied to the Jimmy G thing because if you move Jimmy G or, or flat out release him at some point, you open up $24 million in cap room, which they, they are in a terrible cap situation right now. Also, I mean, I know you could structure a deal 
any way you wanted for Debo. But the idea of, you know, we're going to get into talking about the Shanahan, John Lynch uh, front office combination and what it means, how important it is that Trey Lance is the guy they thought he was. But you tried to imagine a world where you put Trey Lance basically walking off a plank into the ocean if you don't have Debo Samuel on the field. I mean, they just have to get it done. In other pass catcher news, the Bucks signed tight end Kyle Rudolph, formerly of the Giants, to a one-year contract. I think this is a notable signing, uh, boys, because uh, Kyle Rudolph, this version of Kyle Rudolph, the age 33 version of Kyle Rudolph, is the perfect guy to slot in. You bring in in the summer, and then he's going to fail, and then you're going to look and be like, we really need someone and then that's when Gronk re-enters the picture. So you need that guy, Mark. You need the dude who's not going to get it done before Gronk can come back. This will be. This is the dude that will fail <laughs> to get it done. This is um, a a masterful central casting move here by the Bucks because you're exactly Perfectly right. Cast. It's just you slide him in, you slide him right out. The minute that you know, I Gronk protests too much about this. I don't care. If Tom Brady even called me. I wouldn't come back and play. I still am fully 100% willing to bet my lease card that he'll be on, back on the field by Thanksgiving. All right, we seem to have lost Greg momentarily, but uh, I thought you put a nice bow on that. I thought I'd nail the overall take, and then you came in and, and dropped a hammer on it, Mark, and we nailed that, so we don't even That's need how this Greg's works. take. Exactly. No. And finally, in the news, and let that be a warning shot uh, for Greg, that I'll, I'll drop the hammer, then you come in with a secondary hammer. Nothing. The nail's already in. The rail, you know? Oh, but like the British Bulldogs. It's a very successful tag team operation. But, you know, we, Greg is sort of like the the, man, the manager of the, of the tag team. So what if we're the Hart Foundation and mm. Greg's like a Jimmy Hart type character? Yeah, I like that. I think that fits. That fits his vibe. And finally in the news, sound the trope alert. Derek Carr is getting us going trope in alert. training camp the right way uh, with one of my favorite tropes, not just for the NFL um, Mark, but all of professional sports, no one believes in us. No one thinks we're worth a damn. No one thinks the Raiders can even hang in the AFC West, which, by the way, no one's saying. No one's Here's saying Here's what this. he had to say in a lengthy conversation with The Athletic. It's going to be fun. No one thinks anything of us. And I think this is actually how he said it as well. And I think that's what makes it fun is you always have to put the ball down and play the football games. <laughs> That's, That's how exactly he how he said it. Um, I like it. I like the quote more um, with that tone of voice, if that's how he uttered it. Um, I think it's not, it's garbage. Like I, I think most people view the Raiders <laughs> as they're in a tough division, but every other team in the division, like overtly improved in certain ways. And so I think that's the problem. They're getting lost in that in the conversation of the AFC West to some degree. But they were a playoff team last year that went through so much and they're better now. I think Josh McDaniels can improve them on offense. I, I don't quite get the it's us against the world bit on this one. I mean, they're a t yeah, they're a 10-win team that just added the best wide receiver in football. Right. That's why would that good. why would that trigger a sudden like all like a non-belief across the countryside towards the Raiders? It's just not the case. Like statistically, one of the greatest wide receivers ever smack in the middle of his prime. I mean, I feel like you at least have a chance, but that's what it is, Mark. I know when we were making our way up the chain in the NFL podcast industry. We would have conversations like that as well. Nobody believes in us. Beholden to no one. And in some ways, there are still a lot of people out there that don't believe in us. And th and that that keeps me hungry. I don't know about you. Uh, yeah, I just stopped reading my DMs about a year and a half ago from, Smart. you know, anyone's filing a complaint. I just I could care less. Absolutely. Speaking of that, before we take a break and get to Roto Pat, somebody on Twitter, uh, you weren't with us on Mark, but but we talked with Eric, uh, owner of Huckapoo's. Um, about this BS sound ordinance that's been put into place to specifically target the great Tybee Island hang, Huckapoo's, uh, no live music, no music of any kind after 11 p.m. And um, I called the figure that's behind this because apparently it's one person that logged a complaint and that was enough for the city council to pull their BS. And we're fighting it and we're going to keep fighting it. Um, I called the shadowy figure that's behind this um, – or perhaps it was members of the city council. I can't remember this point, but I called them human gutter balls. Okay. All right. And someone on Twitter came after me and said, hey, 
bozo. That's mean to speak disparagingly of a person like that. And by the way, I don't think Chris would have been that way either, said anything like that either. To which I say, <laughs> did you listen to the show with Chris Wessling? I mean, Chris would have said so much worse than what I said. <laughs> he would have completely gone off on this topic. I think people have to remember that when Chris Wessling was a Roto World writer way back in the day, it was not unusual for him to be logging his updates and reports from Huckapoos. He spent all his time there. It was his home, and he spent most of his early days in Los Angeles trying to find a place that reflected Huckapoos, and it was not easy to find. And so the idea that he would have been passive about this is completely incorrect. Um, and I, Mark, by the way, uh, Greg did not come back, and I just see now he, he just sent a text to Lakeisha in our group thread just now, so I guess he just he's out. He's out for the show. We'll try to get him back during the break uh, for yeah, our well, conversation can, with Pat. I could see his um his hand gestures because we could see him you know uh, visually on the screen, and he was very flustered and frustrated. And um, I you know I think the office Wi-Fi um took a big L here. Yeah, no that that is that's the issue. But uh, all right, that's what's happening in the news. Let's take a break and then talk best and worst GMs. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's it. going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Welcome back. Joining us now, NFL writer for NBC Sports, a staple of the fantasy extravaganza. Speaking of which, we'll be celebrating the 27th fantasy extravaganza next month. But right now, to talk about his latest column, a true banger, NFL's general manager rankings 2022 is Roto Pat. Not today. He's Patrick Darty. What up, Patrick? <laughs> Welcome back to the Around the NFL. 
very, very glad to be here. Just here to talk about some of your coworkers. So, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> too soon. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, I don't, is this a good or a bad time to publish this article? By the way, I can't ever decide like what's a good time to publish anything. Here's a here's a great here's a great uh, kind of way to get into that is that Greg a few months ago did his own GM rankings. And that I expressed disappointment with Greg, not as a person, but in, from a podcast sense that he didn't mouthpiece it and say, hey, we should do a segment on your GM ranking. So we kind of missed the boat on it because then the draft came. But Greg, who's been doing this for quite a while, as you know, as you know, Pat, he does it in the spring. So, Greg, I don't know if you want to give Pat a heads up that maybe that's the better time or maybe Pat has it right. I don't know. Let's dig in. I used to do it in the spring, by the way, and I knew that Greg did it and this is not a joke, actually. When I was done with the article, the first, one of the first things I did was pull up Greg's article. I was like, really hope we weren't like wildly divergent <laughs> on a bunch of stuff. We were, it was a little divergence. And actually, that. I thought that Greg was like annoyed um, and just not speaking right now, but it looks like his, his screen's frozen right now. So He appears to have been frozen. Or he's really mad. Like yeah, he's about, furious yeah, He's at very it's... good at being still, so I think he actually yeah. is here. But... but Pat, this is a uh, something we definitely, as soon as I saw it and I was reading, I was like, oh, yeah, you put in the work on this breakdown. Uh, this would be a fun conversation to have is, you know, and we just did the news and there's a lot cooking now out of nowhere in the news. And now training camps are about to really take off. Uh, so this is our last chance to really have fun with an article like this, I feel like, before the 2022 season gets off and rolling like a freight train. So let's talk about it. Uh, Mark Sessler, you, I know, buddy, uh, read Pat's work here. Um, read all 19,000 words. I really appreciate that. That which is I impressive. You, what was your general takeaways from what Rotopat had to say in the state of uh, the general manager job right now in the NFL? Um, I thought he made some so a couple bold choices. I, I like him going less Snead and Sean McVay um, right out of the gate at number one. Um, I, I do wonder because you get to Bill Belichick at number two. I imagine that the reader response, that's where you get some people coming at you um, with, with, for the sense that, you know, Bill Belichick is, is an excellent coach, but I think sometimes people view Bill Belichick, the general manager, as having uh, had some misses along the way. Um, I, I just, I would say generally overall, your writing is really wonderful in this. And I, I kind of found one or two lines for each one of these GMs that just stood out and made me laugh because I can, we can always tell when you're when you've been writing blurbs on Roto world. It's just like, there's a little, there's a little extra spice to things that you say. And I thought this, this, this article was, was dotted and, and really like imbued with them throughout. So it was a really nice piece of writing. It was, I totally agree. Let's start then kind of let's focus on the Belichick side of things, because I think what you said, Pat is interesting here. You wrote in the piece that you cannot separate bill, the coach from bill, the team, builder they are one in the same uh why do you say that what does that mean yeah so this is kind of the argument i advance every year with belichick and kind of the argument you have to lean on as they get a little further from like the glory years like listen i know like it seems like bill the coach is still doing a great job and the roster isn't that great but uh what i, what I, what I mean by that is like we might not always understand the patriots rosters say like 90 percent of the time we don't understand the patriots roster but Bill Belichick, the greatest coach in league history, understands the kind of players he needs and wants. And like, and this roster is as much maligned as like the past five or six drafts have been. It's kind of like, you know, now they seem like increasing desperation, like dipping into the free agent market for kind of very un-Belichick like signings. You know, like five years ago, if you'd heard Bill Belichick had shelled out big bucks for Nelson Aguilar, you'd be like, oh, what the heck? Like, has Bill Belichick been incepted? Has he been Jordan Peele's <laughs> Nope. Um, I have no idea what the movie's even about. But uh, I think you maybe nailed it. I, yeah. think you, I think you maybe. And I think it, it ties into what you're saying that on Tuesday's episode of Around the NFL, we talked about making the leap candidates, a, a piece that Greg was working on. And he was pleasantly surprised as a Patriots fan that there were several choices there. And that speaks to you You do have a stable yeah, of young and like, talent. Yeah. And like, as, so as, as questionable as so many of the decisions have looked the past two years. So, I mean, okay, he lost the greatest player in league history, then went seven and nine. Maybe that's damning with faint praise to say that's an accomplishment, but I thought it was kind of an accomplishment, you know, to essentially not have a quarterback in 2020 and still go seven and nine. And then they just made the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. Like, I feel like normally that's like celebrated in team building circles. Like it's not very easy to do. 
And like, it's one fact that I guess maybe I could be accused of like leaning on too heavily, but it's like, so I'm prone to giving Bill Belichick the benefit of the doubt for obvious reasons. And maybe I don't understand every decision on a micro level, but macro level, he just supplied himself 53 players who got into the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. So I'm like, maybe I'm still going to give the guy a little benefit of the doubt. You know, a bit of a legacy ranking, of course. But- sure. Here, here's the top five, just so we have it. So, yes, Sneed McVay. With their, and notice, even though it's GM rankings, as you point out in this piece, it's not really – it's not just the GM anymore in the league. More and more, it is a collaborative effort, and the guys on the sideline, the head coaches, have a big say uh, in roster building in a lot of cases, in addition to other people within a building, personnel guys, the owner himself, all that stuff. But you have Les Snead and Sean McVay at one, Bill Belichick at two, Greg, who joins us, by the way, is back with us. We'll see where he's at in a a minute. Brandon (laughs) Bean uh, of the Bills at three, Andy Reid and uh, Brett Veach of the Chiefs at four, and then John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. I want to get more pushback about number five, by the way, Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. But people, well, there's so much, isn't so much tied. I'll give it to you. Yeah, go (laughs) ahead. Give him some pushback there, Greggy. Real quick, too, Dan, too. You're right. I wanted to call it like front office rankings because I feel like it's less clear than ever. Like who is not like, as juicy the, though? Doesn't have yeah, the same pop. And it's no, that's what I was yeah. told. Yeah. And uh, like who is like driving the? And yeah, like it's a very powerful force again. The combination coach, like personnel picker, to the point where even like Matt Rule, you know, has like <laughs> sweeping personnel powers. So it is it is another era of very powerful coaches right now in the NFL. Greg, where are you now? You're in a different room than when you froze <laughs> uh, in our studio. I am now in shutdown corner. That one that's like on the corner, like a conference room that everyone sure. walks by. I haven't, you would think that there'd be strong internet in, in our studio, but that seems like a, a bad place to record a podcast. <laughs> so are you cool? Just circling back. Um, are you cool with the timing of Roto Pat's GM mm-hmm. rankings? Cause yours came out back in the spring. He undercuts are in the dead of summer. Where do you're, you come down? You're trying to create some sort of friction um, between me and my former coworker, Pat here. It was successful oh, when you did it with Evan Silva <laughs> last year, but it's not going to be successful this time. No, look, our I think it was our editors. You know, we decided to do it before the draft uh, a long, long time ago, and I think both times are are a fine time to do it. If anything, I think Pat's smarter than than we are here at the NFL. If you're gonna drop something. Mm-hmm. drop it in that two week period before training mm-hmm. camp starts. That's when you get the most amount of attention because no one's doing anything. That's why our friend Zach Kiefer was so smart to drop that luck pod right then. It was like the biggest story in the NFL for a week. So um, Pat's smarter than us. Mastering the dead zone. I've done it like six different months and I've finally settled on like July. Somehow. So, but why, with that said, why Greg did Pat botch number five, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan and the Niners. <laughs> Although Belichick at two. I mean, I love Belichick as well. You, you had him at 10, great. That was literally the first thing I looked when I finished the article. So I didn't want to read the article. So I wasn't, didn't have you in my head, like in my mind's eye, like while I'm writing the article. After I, I immediately checked and you had Belichick at 10, I was like, oh. I got a lot of grief of like Belichick was too high at 10. Uh, uh, and then people. Me. Polarized reaction. I I was looking at more recently and he had a good year last year. He, I think he did well in free agency and great in the draft, best draft they've had forever, but they've been terrible drafting for a a while now. Did John, does John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan get a little too much uh, credit here, especially Lynch here? Like I still, it still bothers me, I guess that they, you know, passed on Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, for Solomon Thomas and that they're still waiting for a quarterback all these years later, they could have taken a quarterback the next year after that too. Uh, And it kind of made the wrong decisions with Jimmy G along the way. There's some premier uh, talent there uh, that they got at the top of the draft, certainly. And they've, they've done a good job drafting, but I, I feel like that's a little too rich for me. Yeah. I feel like by and large, they get like the big decisions, right. With the, notable a couple notable exceptions in there and pretty good at like finding like shanty type players down the board i mean one of the shanty's like biggest foible is like these aggressive trade-ups for guys like he has to have who then he immediately like disregards you know like dante pettis or trace or like it makes like aggressive trade-ups and trey lance will definitely be the biggest test like of of like, is, did Shanny like, was this like a crime of like Shanny passion, basically? We're, we're like, the one month he had to have Trey Lance happened to be like April 2021. And like before and after that, he's been cool on him. And 
Make well, it, don't you think he's gonna like subtly blame John Lynch? I, that feels like that's yes. the reason. If they you think he's setting up a fall guy there? this year, that they have a divorce, that Lynch gets the axe because he's the Lance guy, and that Kyle wanted Mac Jones all along. Right, because I mean Shanahan has been about as bulletproof a coach, um, and he deserves it. They've been to you know two NFC title games and a Super Bowl over the last three years, but. If the Trey Lance thing goes south, there will be a fall guy, and it won't be Shanahan. It is. No. It's the. It's kind of a good seg idea, so I'm gonna burn it right now, unfortunately. But like, what is if you had to pick one? Like, what's the juiciest subplot of the 2022 season? I think Trey Lance and what happens this year tied to that team with that coach and where they are in the NFC is such a huge storyline because you know they are. If Trey Lance is who they thought. He could be or approximation of that this season. They're to me, the NFC favorite. And if he bombs out and you trade Jimmy G and that's certainly in play right now, uh, this whole thing could go up in flames. So it's just a huge subplot. And I like here's another Brian Gutekunst is another. I want to see where Shani and Shanahan come down on this same ranking next year. Maybe one of those guys won't be even in the ranking next year. But Brian Gutekunst, I don't think he's coach, uh, GMing for his job this uh, year by any stretch. But it's fair to say that he kind of is in a situation now where the Devontae Adams situation played out the way it did and you could say it wasn't even his fault I think you used the wording in your piece Pat that he forced his way to the Raiders and he kind of did but maybe if 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 he could have done it again differently Gutekunst maybe he handles that situation and maybe the best wide receiver in the league is still in the team you have these other project players like Lazard Watkins Watson all in the mix where would the Packers fall in this exercise especially if this doesn't work out this year it's very interesting to find out hmm it is. And just real quick to put a bow on the 49ers. So it's like the way I viewed it, like this, they've made a 53-man roster that was good enough to make the NFC Championship game twice in three years with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like that's a good roster. That's like fair. a stockpiled talent on defense, identified Shanny-type playmakers in offense. But then, yeah, like kind of like a heat check, making a luxury pick, like right in the middle of your Super Bowl window. Like it is going to be like an era-defining decision for them. The Packers and Brian Gutekunst, it's like – He's gone from Aaron Rodgers being out of the long-term plans to now Aaron Rodgers is the only plan. And like, you know, his most visible mistake, of course, was not restocking the receiver core, but it was fine as long as they had the best receiver on the planet. But then the best receiver on the planet happened to be soulmates with Derek Carr. And like, that's sometimes the, <laughs> like, like them's just the breaks is the GM apparently. And now like, you knew that love story like, was hiding in plain sight this yeah, entire time. It was in plain sight, wasn't it? Where I mean, I found that that interview from last summer with Devonta Adams like, yeah, like it's like I'm still a Raiders fan. Like, ah, oh, that's a little interesting. And like seeing as his college quarterback is on the team, and I just like didn't pay any attention to it though. I just like memory hold it. And yeah, the Gutekunst high wire right. act really depended on Devonte Adams. And now we're going to hmm. see if there was any safety net whatsoever. I had a question for you. I mean, I, I'm looking at when you get past this sort of top five region, someone like John Robinson at number nine, I think is um, mildly controversial because I, I feel like Mike Vrabel has done a lot to um, make John Robinson, to erase some of John Robinson's mistakes along the way. But uh, it, whether it's him or someone else, was there a GM that you really struggled with where to put him that he maybe started high and went low? Because I feel like Robinson could be farther down this list and I wouldn't have a big problem with that at all. Really, the whole John Robinson region. It was eight Howie Roseman, nine John Robinson, ten is Gutekunst, eleven Chris Ballard, twelve Eric DaCosta, who I probably do have too low. Eric DaCosta, like Eric DaCosta, is really good. Just kind of like have to see like slightly more results, even though the process has been really good. But John Robinson was a guy like before I had like done any research, where I'd written any words. I'm like, you know, I need to get John Robinson like kind of high in these rankings because. They've won what they won 32 games the past three years. They've been a number one seed. They've made the AFC championship game. They've done this with Ryan Tannehill. And I'm like, to do that kind of stuff with Ryan Tannehill, quarterback, you have got to have like a great roster. But then you kind of remember, like, oh, you know, the Titans defense, you know, actually they have Jeffrey Simmons, but kind of like low on overall playmakers. It seems like it depends a lot on Mike Vrabel, kind of like duct tape and gluing things together. And you know, John Robinson getting a lot of big decisions wrong. Like Isaiah Wilson's not even on the team anymore. Caleb Farley kind of living up to pre-draft durability concerns. The Julio Jones trade a disaster. 
so yeah, John Robinson was one where I definitely mm. had to adjust my priors. Like, yeah, I wanted to say this guy was underrated, but now maybe I'm like overrating him. And this is really kind of all about Mike Rabel <laughs> being an elite but, coach. But he yeah. hired, he gets a little credit. I consider yeah, you that credit for hiring. I, yeah, I consider that in the rankings. He, he was right around the same spot for me. I had him 11th, but in, in the same area, he's actually done a pretty good job drafting and he gets credit for Tannehill too, to, to fix your quarterback position uh, that well that cheaply is amazing. And I got to stand up for my guy, Goody. I had him up at number four. It's like, okay, it doesn't look great that your receiver room isn't totally perfect right now. But if, if there's a position on the roster that I don't mind being underserved when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, it's wide receiver. And the rest of the roster looks awesome. The defense looks loaded. I would say that's a top five defense on paper. And compared to where it was when Goody came over, he has nailed most of his draft picks and all they have done is one. And I, you know, I do blame the the playoffs or anything to me isn't on the GM. He put together a roster that has won so many games. They could go like, Oh, and 18 this year, they could maybe do it again next year. And they wouldn't have as bad a record as Kyle Shanahan and Lynch do together who are under 500. I mean, that's how good (laughs) the Packers have been. I'm just saying like, I'm giving them a little bit of credit for the first decision you make is Jair Alexander. You know, your other picks who people didn't love, like Rashawn Gary, looks like a potential all-pro. I mean, he has, for the most part, made sound decisions. I didn't even hate the process of taking Jordan Love at the time. I, I think I'm one of the few. Uh, that, that, And even now, if he's like a decent backup quarterback, I don't hate it. I, lo- I love what Goody's done. Over I still think like with Goody, it's like it's a lot of it is, you know, conflict resolution. And the Aaron yeah. Rodgers thing got really rough, but... He found his way out of that. I mean, in another world, Aaron Rodgers isn't on that team if, if the if the front office completely lost their way. And Lafleur was the right that. move, whether that was totally LeFleur his was decision right. or not. He was he was on board with it. So Greg thinks it's quote unquote good if your roster goes thirteen and three every year. Right? That maybe you're underrated, <laughs> and you know defense is the backbone <laughs> of the Goody project. Where you, great picks like Jair, like great offensive free, line too, though, like Elton Jenkins. Yeah, you know, and the great free agency well. finds like Devondre Campbell even. And the, he signed Zadarius Smith, right? That was the Goody also. Rasul like, Douglas. Yeah. yeah. In a lot. Uh, but just, yeah, just those receivers, you know, you just maybe hadn't drafted the H back, Josiah Degura, the Jordan Love, you know, just maybe drafted a receiver then that would have been nice. I like that you got sucked into the same thing I get sucked into with the power rankings with Andrew Berry and anything Browns related. You don't really know what to do with them. So you just no. pop them in the middle around 17, 16. Yeah. Because – you can't remove, obviously, the Watson, the player from everything else at this point. However, if you did if in a, in a vacuum and you said this GM gave up all these draft assets and all this money and got this franchise quarterback, you'd be like, yes, you always make the move to get the young franchise quarterback. So in that way, obviously, he made the team better. But because of all the other garbage that he brought into the organization and he wasn't alone, Barry, um, you create the situation where they're a very hard team to distill or figure out, including in this exercise, because what Barry did was both a great personnel move and also like a gross life move. So it's just, again, everything is so much more difficult with the Browns now. And just even beyond Watson, everything with the Browns, they've had such like turnover in the front office that I still feel like it's like truly difficult to know where, like, like it's difficult to know where to like truly assign like credit or blame for anything. It's like there's some of this is still like the John Dorsey era. Some of it, I, what is Paul De Podesta like really doing behind? Like, what is Jimmy Haslam? Like, Jimmy Haslam is insisting Andrew Barry was like the brains behind the Deshaun Watson move, but I don't know if I really believe that. You know, it seems very much like an owner move. And yeah, so it was hard to get past my distaste for the Watson move. And then also just hard to really know it's an opaque organization with so much turnover and like really know like what is going on in the front office there. But I mean, I think a year ago, because I think the Watson thing absolutely colors uh, the viewpoint of of Andrew Barry and his legacy too, uh, depending on how this all shakes out. But a year ago, Andrew Barry would have been kind of a sexy top 10 GM candidate, I think, after taking, you know, they when he when he took over, you know, he returned to the Browns. He left for the Eagles and came back. So there was been a lot of weird changeover and stuff. But when he returned and to turn them into a team that beat the Steelers in the playoffs with a really interesting young roster, he's drafted well, like he looked like a shining star. I just think that this move soils everything that you think about the team and him and the front office and everyone else. 
Yeah, and there's nothing sexier than coming in and immediately fixing your offensive line, which is what he did. Mm-hmm. And like you said, there's an alternate universe, I mean, where he's, yeah, an ascendant, viewed as like one of the most ascendant personnel people in the entire league. And it's just, and yeah, it's just hard now for, for especially, it's just hard to separate it all now. And I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to properly evaluate Well, the and they underperformed last year. As much as everyone said they had the best roster in the league, they weren't you know, they were, they were average and that hurt too. Yeah. yeah, They, they had their injuries and Baker's injury certainly was a big factor, but it's like, I've seen Andrew Barry rank like PFF had their top five GMs and they had him like third in process. And it's like, you're trying to separate what happened this off season from everything else. It's like, well, you can't, well, how can you, if it works out that that's a different conversation in terms of wins and losses. Uh, but there's a a very good chance he's going to wear this for the rest of his career. And it, it was something that everyone put their careers on the line when they made the move. I've got to ask you, uh, Roto Pat, uh, John Schneider at 22. Um, I imagine this is another one that's getting, you know, Seahawks fans on Twitter are quite um, an active group, but they are I think active that, is the right word. Yes, very they are active. active. I mean, to, to allow Russell Wilson to lead the team. I think that drops him a lot because you're back starting looking over at, at quarterback and it, it essentially allowed, you know, Pete Carroll to win the, the power battle there, which I'm not sure is the right way to go. But where, like, where was he a year ago for you versus now? Well, that, that's what's so funny about John Snyder is this is the, the first year where I finally just like plunged him, like put him, I put him beyond 20. And I had always kept him like benefit of the doubt, like top 10 where he was still like eight or nine, the past years. And I got like so much flack for that. Like he's been like you horrible. have Steve Kime above him, which I, I find I, interesting. Yeah, yeah, hold on. Everyone hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> wait, like... do you, yeah. Does he get, does Schneider still get credit from the early uh, aughts? Because to be behind the Kine bomb at this point is a tough pill to swallow. The Schneider ranking is basically when you're a guy with that long of a track record and who's like been to some Super Bowls and you're getting ranked that low, it's basically a, like a rank that's like a prediction, like this person will be fired in a mm. year or two, basically. And it's hard to I mean, it's just a string of legendary draft classes, of course, basically to begin the Pete Carroll era, uh, Richard Sherman, Russell Wilson, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, just uh, diminishing returns uh, the past five. And then like the two signature moves uh, you know, in this era where might finally the passing golden age might, you know, kind of be ending but you don't really want your signature moves to be trading two first round picks for a safety and then getting two first round picks for your franchise quarterback. And it's just like hard to shake. And, you know, it, it, I'm personally fine with teams going contrarian to the run right now, as we see saw last year, like that could be a pretty successful short-term approach. Like I don't think the Seahawks have the defense or the offensive line for that approach to work. And this, it just kind of seems like, Carroll and Schneider out of ideas. Mm. And I don't know why the Seahawks allowed Pete Carroll to win this particular power struggle with Russell Wilson, but it just seems seems like delaying the inevitable. And this is going to be like a new front office in a year or two. Yeah. I think we've talked about the ownership issue. I think the fact that yeah. they're going to be selling, but they don't necessarily want to change up what's going on there before they do sell. It's it's too bad because if you just stop time in 2015, you would have said John Schneider and Pete Carroll are some of the best drafting and developing defensive talent minds in NFL history. But the no, defense has absolutely. been totally mediocre since then. And basically everything that they've drafted, you know, for the most part, they've struck out uh, getting above mediocrity and, and getting good picks. Although I, I do think on paper this year, they're intriguing and they might be like a top 10 type of defense, little Pete Carroll Renaissance. Well, and it would be, it would be very funny. I, I, I mean, as much as like, I don't believe in Pete Carroll anymore. Like I do kind of want him to win the argument. I just think it would be so funny. I, like, I, no, I right. too, I'm kind of rooting for a contrarian uh, Seahawks, like go 11 and six and everyone's like, what? <laughs> well, of course, because Gino's with Mizzou, Mizzou, great Drew Locke under center. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. All right, I want to look at number 20. First of all, I'm very happy uh, that you put Joe Douglas inside the top 20. He's in the teens. He's at 19. I don't know if all this stuff is going to work out, but I think he's instilled some credibility for uh, my Jets right now, and now we got to see if it all comes together. Uh, But I like what he's doing. I like the moves he's made. Brad Holmes also, I like what he's doing here. And you make a good point in your write-up, Pat, how – you know, he got right to work when he got the job. He moved Matthew Stafford, didn't want to be there, got the draft picks, and has used this draft. He's been patient since he's taken the job. They don't have their future quarterback yet, but while they wait for that big-time draft or opportunity to present itself, he's making the roster better. So I like even coming off a, a season with a really poor record, the bigger picture is in view for Rotopat. Yeah, I mean, Brad Holmes, I like He's not trying to cut corners. He's being a box checker where it's very hard to have two top seven picks and not take a quarterback either time, but I guess this wasn't the right time either. And so he's doing the next best thing, next best thing where he's, he's box checking. Let's get a franchise tackle. Let's take a shot, like a, like a number one weapon for the offense. Uh, you know, let's get the coach. And or like Greg said, you can't ignore the coach, uh, you know, may, like make the bows the bet the most, I can't speak English of being a rebuilding team and stockpile the picks. And it just seems like they're whipping everything into shape. And, you know, the kind of the downside of that is that if you kind of get into like seven or eight win land, then you kind of almost take yourself out of position to make the quarterback the next box to check. So I guess that can be like the downside to this approach. But I don't really know what the alternative was. Uh, you know, you couldn't – there was no quarterback pick to force this year. There really wasn't last year either. I mean, unless we believe in Justin Fields – and so I just like the Brad I mean, Holmes. They certainly could be regretting not taking Mac Jones in a few years. Why? Why? Yeah, you know, Mac, you know, Mac. You know, Mac's gonna be one of those fast. He's gonna be one of those guys for like the next five to ten years. That just, and gets himself into every single conversation. And <laughs> just, when, Greg, what do you do? You think that is Mac one of those guys? I don't want to get too- early career ceiling. Is he already bumping up against the ceiling, or do you really think there's more steps for Mac Jones to take? I've been too on the record about this. All I mean is if he if he has like a multiple Pro Bowl type of career, which feels very possible uh, that they they could look back on, you know, taking Panay Sewell over him. Cer- certainly. But, yeah, I think well, he's got a high. No one will focus on the Lions. It'll just I'll be all about Shani not taking him. And so he'll, Brad Holmes will be out of narrative hell because 
he can just like kind of like sneak out of the room while people talk about Shandy not taking Mac Jones. <laughs> I love what they do. Almost everything they've they've done, focusing on both lines right off the bat, they've been great. And the Joe Douglas thing, putting Joe Douglas in 19 is kind of like Jets fans don't yell at me. Like I, I like the process more or less <laughs> where he's doing the same thing as Brad Holmes, really. Where he, he's taking a shot at quarterback. He, they hopefully have their left tackle of the future. It's kind of hard to say what's going on with Becton. And, but this year, you know, they, where they made three first round picks, they get a, a pass rusher. Uh, they get a, a wide receiver. Who was their other third round first round pick? Uh, they got a number one cornerback and I had two, I like the Joe Douglas box checking. And unlike Brad Holmes, he doesn't have a quarterback alibi anymore because, like, now he's already on the spot at quarterback. And if if Zach Wilson doesn't take a you know a clear step forward this year, the, the Joe Douglas project is suddenly looking very shaky. But I have liked the post gaze approach. And Greg, I just want to make sure because I want to pin you down on this: if if your boy up there in New England ends up going to a couple Pro Bowls, but it's like the Matt Schaub multiple Pro Bowl thing where. He got in mm. as like a seventh reserve because the guy in front of him, his daughter had a dance recital. And like the Mac, other guy, like Mac Jones is first yeah. Pro Bowl. Yeah. Last year doesn't count. He did actually make the Pro Bowl and made a ridiculous play in it, but that doesn't count. Anything else before uh, we say goodbye to Mr. Roto Pat, who we'd love to have back, by the way, uh, for the fantasy extravaganza. I don't know if he's going to be available. I don't know if we'd have to pay for him, but it would be awesome. Is there anything else, Mark, that – Jumped out to you or Greg uh, from this list. Trent Balky, by the way, for people who are curious, is sits at the bottom of the list. Uh, that's kind of <laughs> an incomplete. I, think makes I mean, a lot of sense. I, I, yeah. I think he might remain there, but that, that's kind of incomplete. But yeah, I think he might end up staying there. I have a question for for the group because you know we have our our Dalton scale where like if you have essentially Andy mm. Dalton back in the day as your starter, um, anything below him on the list you need to find someone else fast. And like, what, what would be the Dalton scale of the GMs? I, for me, when I took a look at this, I thought maybe, I don't, see, I don't really agree where you have John Schneider, but for me, it's sort of Steve Kime. I think that he I was going to say Kime yeah. feels like he's it. Mm, that, that does make sense. Because he makes the playoffs every once in a while. Sure, right. they never win a playoff game. And sure, it might have been Bruce Arians. But, and sure, he gets every first round pick except Kyler Murray wrong. He occasionally does some good stuff. And he, yeah, he's, I feel like Kaim is the Dalton line of GMs. Mm. I mean, the, the ownership thinks he's better than that. They're paying him through 2028. They do. There's strange goings on there occasionally uh, with the front of the Cardinals ownership. Like, worst decision the Cardinals ownership made uh, was leaving St. Louis, of course. But Greg, that actually <laughs> plays into the argument because the Bengals held on to Andy Dalton for way longer than frustrated fans would have thought to. I think Kime's a good one. He's a pretty good pick. Kime is a very good. If you're below Kime, it's time to move on. So again, John Schneider is going to be fired next year. It's a shame. Yikes. He was a good executive. They had a great run, but he's going to get fired. The pride of St. Louis, Patrick Doherty. Thank you, buddy, for joining us. Say hi to your 14 kids and your wonderful wife. And we'll catch <laughs> up with you soon. My true pl- and my true pleasure, and I will make myself available for the extravaganza. Yes. Like. 4 a.m. Copenhagen time. I'll be there. Thank you very <laughs> much, man. guys. Thank you, Thanks, Pat. buddy. All right, there he goes. Roto Pat. Great to have him. Yeah, that's, I think, uh, is who else would be even in that conversation for, um, I think Kime's got that on lock. And, well, there's and something I, weird with GMs. I'm looking at all of them, and they either seem like their their career is falling apart too much to be that person or they're they're have too much of a good body of work uh, to be that person. So I almost don't feel like because Kime to me is a bit of a house of cards that I think might be falling apart. So I don't even I don't even think he's quite there, but I, he's had his ups and downs. Certainly, maybe that makes sense. Uh, but the rest, like the guys I had in the middle, Tom Telesco, Jerry Jones, it's like those guys are too good to be to be the Dolphins. It's kind of survivor too, getting the Kyler Murray done after all that. You know, that's I feel like that will help him as well because that will keep them most likely from having like an epic type of fallback, fall down the, the, the standings, but we shall see. Kime has right. survived like five nuclear wars at this point. So, yes. I mean, it's, you know, the organization has allowed him to make these mistakes and continue to, re- to continue to re- reward him, basically. If you if you miss on a top 10 wide uh, quarterback, usually that will get you. But then he got to pick another guy the very next year. So he's kind of in his own category. It's bizarre, as has been um, our final episode with Greg uh, in a conference room. Uh, 
and some part of the building, bright red chairs behind him. Sounds like seems like the place where people get fired. That room you're in right now. I, I think you know which one. It's it's the one we pass every day, right? That's closest to the newsroom. That's in between the podcast studio. It's shut down corner. It's where it's Stefan Gilmore's picture is right at the front, making that beautiful leaping interception in one of the greatest Super Bowls of your <laughs> lifetime. Be, Dan. I mean, thirteen to three Patriots. I don't. I don't. Obviously, um, never a celebration when someone loses their job, but our office does name the different rooms, like you're saying, after great moments in NFL history. What if there was an office that was only for dismissals and firings, and it was like called like <laughs> Nagy's Nook, and there's a big Matt Nagy on the <laughs> sideline looking confused or bewildered or angry? Not a bad idea. And if you like get called into the meeting and Nagy's Nook, well... That might be a meeting to try to avoid or miss. Yeah, because I, I like that much better because the idea that you'd go and get fired in like the shutdown corner, like every time mm. for the rest of your life when you hear the term shutdown corner, it's tied to this awful moment. It would change the way you feel about the sport to some degree. It's ter- That's terrible. But who would be like a famous NFL figure in terms of like they're almost famous for getting fired a lot? Like I guess Chip Kelly racked up a few in, in short <laughs> order. It's like Norv Turner over the years, just because he got so many chances, definitely right. lost lost some jobs. Um, I like Nagy's nook. I think it's got some power. I think it's got <laughs> I, some pop. Like it. Rolls um, off the tongue. All right. Like I've said, this is our last show uh, last week with two shows. We'll be back all together in the studio um, starting on, what are we doing, Monday? Back together on Monday? Let's do it. It's back together Monday or whatever that back day is. Back together Monday on Around the NFL. Training camp will be in full swing. And so will we. So thank you to everybody for listening. And we will see you again soon. And remember, Chris Wessling always says, heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.